to a declaration of independence. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 78, big number of the Rough Cut Retrospective, a podcast that talks about movies and TV and pop culture and, you know, our darkest fears. Wow. So, without further ado, I want to take his face off, Mr. Carter Sims. Hello, Carter. There's only two men I trust. One of them's me. The other one's not you. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you, you for being here. You're welcome. You took my first one. I was gonna. <laughs> I was also going to say I want to take his face off. So good. Uh, and with us, Carter, I think we see a little chemist. He got his first chemistry set when he was seven. He blew his eyebrows off and we never saw the cat again. Brian Dickinson. Hello. That was my quote from Willie's Wonderland. <laughs> what a phenomenal bit. Holy cow. I was about to be like, Brian? Hello? <laughs> wow. I was planning to do Carter's Con Air quote, and then I figured we all took well throw a wrench quotes. and go, go Willie's Wonderland. Man, I would have I bet Where he doesn't was, speak. He doesn't. Man, Jackson, did you get a chance to watch that? We're getting ahead of ourselves. but I didn't. Okay, amazing. We'll talk but about Carter, it what are we talking about? Oh, we're talking about uh, in honor of the release of uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent this past week. Uh, we're talking about the national treasure himself, Nicolas Cage. Uh, we're going to do a little a quick Ooh. review of the film that we've all seen, and mm-hmm. which was very fun. I'll just preface that. And then uh, we're going to dive into uh, our top fives, our personal top fives of Nick Cage. And boy, he's been in a lot of movies. And uh, he's an interesting guy. Um, but yeah, and I, I wanted to uh, historically Brian in college, big Nick Cage guy. So I wanted him on this pod for, for this reason. Mm-hmm. So we have the aficionados here and uh, I'm excited. I'm ready to just get into it, boys. Wow. Amazing. So, but first, Carter, <gasps> tell me something, boy. Tell me something, boy. Oh, um, well, I watched a lot of Nick Cage this week and I was comparing it to uh, when we did our A24 pod and it just like kind of shook, shook my world how weird these movies are. Some of these movies, so yeah. I, my brain kind of hurts after them. But um, other than that, I finally saw the secrets of Dumbledore. I found out the secrets. How was it? What was the secret? The secret. What? Oh, should I spoil it? Does anyone yeah. care? Does anyone care? No. The secret lies with Charlotte. <laughs> no, he brought it back. That is amazing. Um, the secret was it wasn't Albus's. Um, it's Aberforth's son, Ezra Miller's Aberforth, Dumbledore's son. That Isn't was the Aberforth secret. the barkeep? Yeah, but he's, Ab- he's mm-hmm. Albus's brother. Deadbeat. Anyway. Nice. Um, anyway, that was the secret. And, uh, you know, it was strange because basically Mads Mikkelsen, this character is like Hitler now in this wizarding world. Ah. It's, it's uh, mm-hmm. it was something. I think this franchise is officially dead. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know. Brian, you saw it too, right? I did. I think I agree. I think that has to be the kill shot. It was, uh, it was, it was hard to watch sometimes. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I think it was maybe better than the second one. But I, the first one is still the 
the best, I guess, which isn't saying a lot. Saying I don't, much. I don't the first love it's not very good. Yeah, I don't love these movies, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know, they don't, I don't think these movies know what they want to be, and I think this is, I think we're seeing that JK Rowling has just ruined <laughs> everything, I yeah. Think. So I don't know. Let's get like a Harry Potter Hogwarts HBO show or something. Let's like let's get out of this. They're doing their like video game, which I think might be like the ultimate test of like, is this IP like good still? Um, but like there's like reports that like it's super anti-Semitic in theme, like having oh, the great the goblins be like the bad guys, and like the goblins have been like very anti-Semitic stereotypes like this whole time. Um well, that's good. Yeah, it should be interesting. Is, <laughs> is, Hermione, is Hermione Black in this video game? Uh, no, it takes place in the 1800s where you can like, oh. build your own wizard, which is kind of like a cool concept, but like, okay. I don't know. I don't know. I don't it know. looks we, weird. Uh, we just, yeah, I think we need to end this and I think it might be over. So <laughs> yeah, yeah th- those are my two cents on it. So I'll pass it off to anyone else. That's literally really all I watched this week. Uh, other than NBA playoffs have started, which has been fun. So yeah, I also watched a bunch of Nick Cage movies, but I hadn't seen a lot of them before. So like it's basically just been me like experiencing Nick Cage beyond like the memes. Of oh him, baby. Which has been very interesting. Um I also rewatched Palm Springs last night, which was great because I mm. love that movie. Uh perfect movie, in my opinion. Nick Cage isn't in that. I know, but I just really wanted to see it. Um, How dare I, you? Yeah, I showed it to my roommate and his girlfriend. And my favorite thing to do when showing Palm Springs to people is to not tell them anything. And then when mm-hmm. Andy Samberg gets hit with a crossbow, they're like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> it's super fun. Um, so that's what I like to do. And then I also watched Moon Knight today. And yeah, episode five was pretty cool. Mm, God, I'm still behind. Um, mm-hmm. I watched episode two, so I'm making nice. progress. Nice, nice. I'll get there. I'm right there with you. I hear great things about episode four and five. Yeah. Those are the, the, the bangers. So Yeah. Episode one is like kind of the weakest one so far, I think, looking back on it. So you so haven't gotten exciting. like a good taste of it yet. Okay. I'll dive in this weekend. I'll get there. Um, Brian, what about you, buddy? What have you been into? Um, similar to you guys, a lot of Nick Cage stuff, unbearable weight of massive talent being one. Um, that was a fun, fun experience in the theater. Also in the beginning stages of Moon Knight. Um, two episodes in, I believe, pretty good stuff. Big Oscar Isaac fan. Um, cool getting his getting his British accent going because I feel like we don't hear a lot of that in a lot of the work he does. Mm-hmm. Um, also watched the show called Severance on Apple TV Plus. Have mm. you guys heard of I've heard Severance? Great things. About I have it. heard I of good things. It out, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's 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 pretty incredible. Adam Scott being one of the lead actors. I don't want to get too deep into it, but it's only nine episodes, Apple TV Plus, and it's a wild ride. I highly, highly recommend it. Um, also, watch things. The Northman. Yeah, nice. tell us about that. I was, I was yeah. gonna try. Northman to... was really cool. I think, I think I told you guys this already, but it gave me Green Knight vibes, kind of that period piece, fiction, fantasy kind of feel. Um, very Viking centered. Um, Alexander Skarsgård is just an, a beast. He's awesome. He yeah. kind of really, I feel like, popped into the scene the past few years, um, at least in my opinion, or at least in my content viewing experiences mm-hmm. um, with like Big Little Lies and um, Big Little Lies. Why am I blinking on 
What else? Uh, oh, Succession. He's just in Succession. True. Um, so he's he's awesome. Nicole Kidman is good. Um, it's just a very unique movie, and I think it was it was just a fun, interesting watch. I liked I'm, it. I'm excited about it. I was gonna try to go this week, but I did not have time because Nick Cage took precedence. But I'm going to see it next week. But uh, I love Robert and Eggers. It also, mm-hmm. yeah, it it gave Robert Eggers is a is a key A24 director, and it gave me big, big A24 vibes. But it's not Huge. not one of their pieces. It's big budget. I, I've been seeing bad. I've been seeing just really just incorrect articles about it. like this is why we can't give auteurs a lot of money to make yeah movies. and i was like come on come off it <laughs> i've also seen people being like uh using viking imagery is just like a signal for nazis and like i was like what what yeah, is what this the heck is have you guys been seeing on? that yeah <laughs> i saw no. one, i saw a tweet today that was like here are here's a picture of racist Vikings. Here's a picture of like real Vikings, and they're like both from television shows. Yeah, they're both from movies. Like movies. You're like, what? Like, uh, who made you the authority on Vikings? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It's people coming out of their take hives and just uh, trying. They to, they were yeah. definitely terminally online takes. Yeah, and that's pretty great, but in a bad uh, way. I hate it, but, um, but I'm excited for the movie because I love the witch and I love the lighthouse. And if it's as weird and fun mm-hmm. as those, then I'm I'm in. So I'm excited. A great. I, I see you failed to mention uh, the Legend of Tarzan as one of Alexander Skarsgård's. Uh, I saw that movie. Oh, did, did you really? How I could I forget? Seen. I think I I might have as well. I saw it in theaters. I think I worked at AMC at the time when it came out. Maybe does that you? I don't know if that timeline adds up, but I think I, I think saw it it's like twenty. 20- 16 then yeah right? that probably that i think that adds mm-hmm. up then but yeah like um it's weird christoph waltz uses, I think I like rosary too. beads as like a weapon which is like really strange and he like mm-hmm. chokes people all the time with it and it's like even more accurate than indiana jones's whip but like less like it just doesn't make sense and it's pretty great but also this cast is just Skarsgård, margot robbie christoph waltz samuel l jackson <laughs> all for tarzan baby. Flop. <laughs> yeah I don't even remember it being that stacked. Margot Robbie was in that movie. She was the Jane. Was she Jane? Is Jane in that movie? Yeah, she was. She was Jane. I do not remember her in that at all. That's pretty insane, actually. Dang, she didn't stick out very well. I guess not. I don't know. She's on to better things. She's going to be Barbie, so we're good. Yeah. Amazing. Anyone else got anything for the good of the order? Um, I'm just going to throw out there. Oh wait, never mind. Never mind. I was going to retract. Retract. We're going to talk about later. Yep. All right. All right, let's move on to Newsflash. You think you're too cool for school, but I got a Newsflash for you, Walter Cronkite. You aren't. Um, I prefaced and said I had a lot of news, so um, I'm hoping you guys can cover some of my tracks. So Yeah, let, uh, let me go first, just in case. Good, do it. Because I only have one. Hit me with it. All right. Warner Brothers announces that uh, the Margot Robbie-led film Barbie will release in July 21st of 2023. Uh-huh. Going uh, against Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer that same week. Mm. Goodness. I'm going to be camped out at the theater that weekend, man. I'll tell you what. Which one would you rather see? Are you a Barbie head or an Oppenheimer head? I think I want to see Barbie more. I'm very really? interested in Barbie. But you know I'm a Nolan head. Wow. So I, I can't leave the camp but 
But Oppenheimer's I, cast is just too crazy. So it, is Barbie's. It is crazy. That weekend is going to be yeah. literally all of Hollywood is in a movie that weekend. <laughs> Every actor and actress on the planet is in one of these movies. And I'm amped for that mm-hmm. weekend. It's going to be a, a summer to remember. I can tell you that. There's a, a hashtag going around for it that I think we should all get heavily invested in. And it's called hashtag Barbie versus the bomb. <laughs> which is great. That's great. Holy cow. That's and amazing. I'm just saying when that eventually comes out, we'll have to review both of them in the same one. Oh, a double feature. That's amazing. <laughs> Though they will be two very different reviews. Super different. Yeah. <laughs> it will be called yeah. Barbie and the bomb. I'm writing this down. So I will remember Barbie mm-hmm. and the bomb. Wonderful stuff. Love it. Love it. Uh, I will toss to Brian. You got any news over there, boy? Yeah, I've got a, a few different things. Um, I'll start with one. Toby Maguire was casted as Charlie Chaplin in the movie Babylon coming out this December. Yeah, um, it's very ironic because I just had a conversation with some of my friends about Spider-Man No Way Home and talked about Toby Maguire. And we were like, what is he doing these days? Our questions were answered. He's going to be in Babylon. So that was pretty cool. I feel like I haven't seen much of him in quite a while besides exactly. Spider-Man. Yeah, the last uh, thing I remember him was uh, what, uh, Great Gatsby, I think. Yeah, that was what mm-hmm. nine years ago. Yeah, that was like we were in high school, I think, when that movie wow. came out. So that's mm-hmm. exciting because um, it's like I think we're getting the Tobey Maguire Renaissance with the Brendan Fraser Renaissance at the same time. <laughs> I'm all in. Um, that's exciting. And Babylon is a movie that I drafted. Just saying. Ooh, very fun. Simultaneously, uh, just hoping it gets delayed a little bit. Um, yeah, going off of your Spider-Man news, um, oh. isn't like Andrew Garfield like taking a break from acting? Yeah, he said mm-hmm. I need to be a bit normal for a bit. Bump, yeah, bump. I saw a tweet that was like he saw that the Morbius movie, like what it did, and he wanted to make sure his <laughs> Spider-Man never gets tainted I'm by out. it. <laughs> so he said he's taking a break. Wow. Um, That's sick. Yeah. yeah, good for Andrew because like he lost, I mean, very publicly, like lost his mom this year mm-hmm. or this past year and like yeah. was in a, a lot of stuff. So mm-hmm. I think he was just working and mm-hmm. work, so it's crazy though because he, he really did have like one of the hottest years for an actor, probably. Hell of a year. Yes. Like out of everyone, I think he definitely had like one of the biggest standouts for sure. But oh, yeah, he will be missed. It. He'll be back better than I ever. Hope. Yeah. He'll just take a little break. He'll probably do yeah. some theater or something. Mm-hmm. He's a big theater guy. True, yeah. That'd be cool. He's got a Tony. Uh, he needs he needs to get a Grammy. I guess he's only one. He only is not even close to an EGOT. Never mind. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, he got an Oscar. <laughs> he did not. But I mean, he could wait. He has a Tony. He could get an Emmy with, um. I guess maybe not through the. Oh, this new show that's out. There's a new show out that he's in. Well, like he did Tick, Tick, Boom, which was like a huge thing. Like, I feel like that could qualify. Mm-hmm. Could it not? For an Emmy? You mean a Grammy? Oh, yeah, I didn't mean Grammy. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know. The Grammys did just happen, so I don't know. Hmm. Well, bummer. Yeah. Anyway, this isn't a Grammys pod. It's deserved. (laughs) It is deserved. Um, Amazing. Does anyone else have any news? No. Um, I was going to throw a quick one out there about uh, Olivia Wilde getting served (laughs) during the Don't Worry Darling showing. Yeah, I have. Got handed what's alleged to be custody papers. Mm-hmm. Um, during CinemaCon, which was, they couldn't wait until afterwards, or <laughs> yeah, maybe next week. <laughs> crazy! Like Jason Sudeikis came out and said, like I wasn't aware, mm-hmm. of, I had nothing to do with the timing of it. But 
<laughs> man, really? <laughs> that's yeah, I guess he uh, like coming out when they're served, but yeah. It's just was impeccable time. We couldn't even wait till she got off the stage, at least. Like, <laughs> insane. It's insane. There's just like images of her talking in a microphone with this big manila folder. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But she's yeah, probably also, riding such a high, probably riding such a high, showing everyone Harry Styles and Florence Pugh. God, and then yeah. this happens. Hey, I'm still J- team Jason Sudeikis all the way, though. Just, oh, yeah. As am I. But, love the uh, guy. But I'm also strangely like Team Harry, also. Which yeah, is, I like them both. Both I don't know so where to great. be. I just, <laughs> but I am excited about. As long her. as we're team, as long as we're team Amber Heard, that's all. Oh yeah, no, clearly. I did hear. <laughs> I mean, some of the stuff that came out of. Sydney I guess that's new. Yeah, she's like not really in Aquaman two. It sounds like she's like. Oh in, really? He has a very small role. That's is good. what it sounds like. Which is nice. Just recast. I don't know why yeah. they didn't do that. That's so odd to me. Amelia Clark is there, man. It's just oh, I oh my gosh, it. that'd be awesome. I know. Get <laughs> get so Khaleesi good. and Cal back together, and goodness, you'll you'll get your viewers back. Let me tell you. Um, yeah, a lot of my news comes from CinemaCon, so that's why I, was, I just had a bunch. So I was going to ask really quick, what even is that? Like, that's the first time I've heard of it this week. CinemaCon is just like kind of this conference or not a conference i should convention where a bunch Mm -hmm. of filmmakers and stuff just like come and show like early access people they'll show them like early clips or they'll tell about future projects yeah but they don't like get released right like we just like hear about what the trailers were yeah it's kind of an inside hollywood thing it's kind of lame like it's not very fun for like casual yeah because people are like i saw the first 20 minutes of dr strange or and i saw the first like i saw all of avatar or something and like yeah mm-hmm. and we're just mm-hmm. like oh okay fine so yeah so i did have the olivia wilde stuff on there so that's good stuff um batman 2 officially happening they announced mm-hmm. that yeah did they give it a title mm-hmm. or is it just no batman 2? matt reeves just said I'm, I'm writing the script and robert is back so oh, so it's still in like the writing all we need like early writing oh yeah i think they're still they're not close to anything yet but mm. they're writing but so we'll see what comes of that. Um, Avatar, the sequel, got uh, a title. I know you were waiting for it. Um, it's called the Avatar, the Way of Water. Yeah, which is uh, weird, but okay. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna is get it- first looks at that at Doctor Strange, which will be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they abandoned their papyrus font for their logo. Yeah, <laughs> what the heck? This is really my qualm because they're. Cowards. I didn't think I'd miss it. I know Ryan Gosling and SNL won this one. Like that is a good sketch. The papyrus thing. That's so funny. I saw that they named, they have named all of the avatar films that are coming out. And I just know that one of them is called the seed bearer and people are making fun of it. <laughs> Great. So <laughs> that's good stuff. Um, we got some flash news from CinemaCon this week. Mm-hmm. Also, um, well, one Zod is returning. Um, yeah, Jackson, I want your thoughts because you just rewatched Man of Steel and Michael Shannon Zod. So Michael Shannon is one of my favorite parts of that movie. I will say, I think he's a fantastic actor, and I think Zod is an interesting enough character. Yeah. Um, I don't think he needs to show up again. He's kind of been like in every movie, sort of not every movie, but like he was in like Batman v Superman, sort of like, and now he's oh, appearing yeah, that's right. again because <laughs> like Doomsday was like his body just like reanimated or something. Mm. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. 
so great. Yeah, they got footage of that, and there was apparently footage of Michael Keaton's Batman saying the "Let's get nuts," all that fun <laughs> stuff. So yeah, um, like I heard that fu- too. It's fun, but like, w- like what does this become? <laughs> like we're I, we're just like digging for like <laughs> nostalgia stuff, and like I don't know are, if we're mm-hmm. making the best stuff we can. Are they just pivoting so hard to just like have this be a Michael Keaton Batman movie and not an Ezra Miller Flash movie at all? Like, <laughs> are they? It's just very trying- interesting timing how like they talk about all these extra crazy multiversal things mm-hmm. now that like the Ezra Miller stuff's happening. Have they addressed it? Mm-hmm. Have they said anything crazy they, about it? They didn't say anything of note at the at mm-hmm. the CinemaCon this week. So I don't know what the status is there. Is he still on Hawaii? I hope so. Like, <laughs> we, are we just keeping them there? I don't know. But uh, He gets his own island. Yeah, yeah. they're in the, the volcano just hanging out. Um, real quick, uh, sorry for the Fast and Furious fans. Justin Lin stepping down as uh, <laughs> yeah. Director of Fast X. Did you guys see that video of Vince of uh, Vin Diesel? Like he's like doing like a selfie video, and like he's there, and he looks so uncomfortable. And then like the next thing you know, like he drops out of the project. Yeah, creative differences. (laughs) It was so funny. He looked miserable on set. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I read something like every day they go without casting a new director, like they're losing like a million dollars or something. Oh my gosh. Um, f- why wouldn't you want to do it like i feel like anyone who's like kind of like up and coming should like want to like try to step up to that i guess yeah someone just grab onto this i don't know it just seems like there's a lot of toxic energy on that set always yeah that's but true but who but who knows maybe vin diesel will just direct this one if he knows how to i feel like- i don't know <laughs> yeah, if he knows <laughs> i don't know if he knows what's going on um so that's fun um Venom three, anyone? Yep. Did it? Ooh, does it have a title? No, but it's in development officially. Mm. They announced that this week. But I mainly want to symbiote. They'll fight next. Mm. But I mainly want to say that because um, everyone's favorite Spider-Man villain has been given its own <laughs> solo film, and uh, that is, of course, yes, El Muerto. El Muerto, two-time appearance in the comics. Yeah. So um, my <laughs> question here is, what? What are we doing? What's what? I mean, huh? I don't know. That's what that's my take on it. You would have like, thought. Is... You would have thought after the end credit scene of the last Venom that we that we probably know more about him. But I feel like unless it like he pops out in Doctor Strange, I don't know. But that kind of led me on, and it's blue balling me a little bit. Yeah, I don't know what we're doing. Um, I don't know why Sony is like, we need Madam Webb, we need Craven the Hunter, we need El Muerto, uh, and uh, Bad Bunny, by the way, is El Muerto. I yeah, that out there. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe so, El Muerto, um, is the bad guy that everyone unites against, and like the Sinister Six is actually the Avengers of whoa, the Sony and they're what good. A twist. Yeah, let's let's say that. That sounds good. <laughs> um, uh, okay, then I have two more and then I'm done. Okay. Um, Doctor Strange banned in many Middle Eastern countries because mm-hmm. of the mention of... Uh, first of all, I don't really know about the character America Chavez. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know who that is, but she has two moms, apparently, and there's mention of that in the film. And then well, the her East character is, like, is also gay, I think. And so I don't know if this is them. It's a, like Disney it's a double just, whammy. Like, 
or it's Disney being like, oh, she's not gay. She just has gay parents just so like their main character or not their main character, but one of their like supporting characters is like openly mm. out. I don't know if they'll do that or not. Um, I wouldn't pass put it past Disney to like erase some of that stuff. So who knows? Well, it's not being shown in the Middle East because yeah. they hate because the of gays. the parents. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. And then my last one is the, the greatest news of all. For longtime listeners of the Rough Cut Retrospective, you know that um, James Corden holds a special place in our hearts here. Yeah. <laughs> and, Cue the uh, bagpipes, sort of? I don't know. I feel like I want to do confetti or something. <laughs> but uh, James Corden leaving the Late Late Show in 2023. And uh, let me say, I don't like to speak ill of anyone, but this is a good move. And... Uh, <laughs> And I think we'll be better off without James Corden in our life, unless this means that he's quitting his role as host to like be in more musicals and ruin them for us. I was gonna say, I feel like I was just like I was just the monkey paw of it all. Like, oh I think, no, I think wishing for James Corden to be off of his show only puts him in other things with his free time, and that's, that's a curse. Too. So you're thinking that's we should give too. him another television show we should give him another late night show um he's just like it's like a live stream of carpool karaoke where he can't leave the car <laughs> and we just know where he is at all times that's fine I'll, that's fine with me so yeah um shout out to james corden don't show up in the wicked movies please <laughs> oh yeah which are now two movies now by the way they split those yeah two. a year apart yeah so get ready that's for that weird. buckle up for wicked and merry christmas to twicked so get ready for that. Um, that's all I got. That, that's my news. I'm sure there was other solid. stuff in there, but you know, this is the important stuff. James Corden. <laughs> um, amazing. Anyone else for the good of the order? I don't think so. Outstanding. I think we're good. Uh, let's take a quick break. Hear a word from our sponsor. And then we're diving into Nicholas Cage. Okay. We're back. Uh <laughs> With uh, I don't know what happened to me there, but uh, we're back with a segment called My Precious. My Precious! And uh, we're about to go into the cage and talk. The Nick Cage? The Nick Cage. That's high praise. And we're going to uh, discuss, first off, unbearable weight of massive talent, because we all saw it. And mm-hmm. I think we all had a, a hoot and a half. And then we're going to talk about our top five Nick Cage movies. But um, but first of all, before we get into the movie, and I want to start with Brian, because what he's like kind of a big Nick. I don't want to say big Nick Cage guy, but you love National Treasure, like to 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 the ends of the earth. Big fan. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, for for context, Carter and I uh, met each other through IU Dance Marathon, um, the Morale Committee. As a part of, it's a tradition for the morale committee that for your interview, you dress up as someone. Yes. And I dressed up as Nicolas Cage, for, excuse me, Ben Gates from National yes. Treasure. How do you dress up as him? I'm just curious. What do you do for that? Um, I like slicked back my hair and <laughs> wore like a lot of khaki and boots <laughs> and talked like this. I like it. All right. Intense. Um, so, yeah, so that's why Brian is here first and foremost, because when this Nick Cage movie was coming out, I literally thought of the first thing I thought of was Brian. And um, so I want to ask Brian, what is it about Nick Cage that really just like gets your blood pumping? Why is he such a fascination to you? 
He, I feel like we kind of talked about this um, behind the scenes before we logged on here, but um, he recently was on an interview with Jimmy Kimmel, his first TV late night interview in 14 years. And that interview alone, I feel like describes why I adore and appreciate him so much. He's such an oddball and in a world of so many different personalities in Hollywood, I feel like he truly stands alone, especially like not with like just how he is day to day. Granted, I've never met the man. Don't know how he is day to day, but from what he puts off, but also with how he describes his acting in like taking on characters and being one with his role. I feel like, which I'm sure many, many professional actors and actresses do the same, but like the way he presents himself and describes his, his strategy. And I feel like it's just, he's one of a kind. And I don't think he's appreciated enough. So I got to take, I got to take control a little bit. (laughs) He is definitely one of a kind. And like, he's definitely not fake at all where like a lot of Hollywood people seem fake. He is just, going back to that interview with himself he is unapologetically himself and which is Mm -hmm. quite fun now jackson on the flip side you like weren't really i mean you've seen national treasure i'm sure but yes not a big one yeah book of secrets of course um which by the way is is his highest grossing film ever that are you serious yeah book of secrets (laughs) is his highest wow movie um that's crazy but like you're not a big Nick Cage aficionado or maybe fan. You don't like seek out his work really, right? Um, like, I'm like familiar with it. Um, it's the meme odd. of it all, right? Yeah, I'm very familiar with like his weird history. Like he was almost like Superman at one point for like a Tim Burton like Superman <laughs> yes. movie that never worked out. Um, he's always been in like really good superhero stuff. Um, but yeah i'm not like crazy familiar with his stuff like i watched him in national treasure and i thought he was like so cool and like suave so like growing up i had this idea that like nick cage was like the leading front man and not like this like <laughs> creepy looking guy who plays like all these really <laughs> weird roles and does like all this controversial like not even like he's not, he doesn't seem like a controversial guy he just like does weird stuff in his movies that like just make you wonder like what like what's going on in this dude's head you know in yeah, a good way yeah i mean this man mm-hmm. bought a cave like a bat cave so he could go spelunking like he bought his own cave like <laughs> i think he like bought a dinosaur skull he owned a two-headed snake like he's just a weirdo mm-hmm. and yeah uh, i don't think we have many weirdos in hollywood that are like good like we have weirdos who are like problematic i would say yeah many of them I don't think Nick Cage is problematic. And I don't think so either. Um, yeah. I got to give him, well, we say that like now it's well, probably going to yeah. date us and shoot next week. Something crazy is going to happen, but um, no, but like he feels kind of like, uh, like Will Smith in a sense where like they will pick like the most random projects because they just want to like try something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I respect it. Like it's definitely not the most, like it's not the best for your reputation. Like, uh, just like of your image and stuff, but like I like that they just go for it and just try stuff out. Yeah, it's like he truly does not care about what people think of him based off of the body of work he has because he's like Carter, you've watched 27 of his movies, and that's probably not even like a quarter of everything he's done. 
No, I can tell you, Nick Cage has appeared in 110 films. Jesus. Oh <laughs> Are you serious? Yes, the man is 58. Um, yeah, I was just going to say that. <laughs> And he started. I can let me pull up his first. His first, I think, acting role was in like 1982. So since the since 1982, he's been in 110 movies. That's so many. And there are like some years where he's in like in the later years when mm-hmm. he's like kind of in his lull. He was like, like five movies in a year. Like the man just loves to work regardless of what he's in. And I, I think we can all speak from maybe what we've seen this week or in our lives of Nick Cage movies. This dude never phones it in. This guy in any random movie will just like give absolutely everything to a role and just be like, I'm in this. I don't care how ridiculous it is. I'm just here doing it. And it's like completely different every time too. It's yeah. not like he's given the same hundred mm-hmm. percent. It's like, completely different 100 percent in every different project he's doing which is so weird and it's just so crazy to think like this man was like a rom-com lead at one point early in his career Mm -hmm. you know he's an action star in the 90s he's an oscar winner i mean he's a meme of course and he's a coppola like he's francis ford coppola's nephew and yeah it's uh it's just crazy stuff i just yeah like you've all said i appreciate him because he's been through many ups and downs and many comebacks, but throughout it all. Yeah. What? Okay. I have a question for you before we also get into this, please. Is Nick cage like an attractive guy? Oh, a great question. <laughs> because I feel like what, like depending on the movie, they can be released the same year. He looks like conventionally attractive in one and just like a freak of nature. in The <laughs> other one. And I don't know why it is like I like I don't get it like so I don't I wonder what the consensus is like if he's like a like an attractive guy or not so much or like what's well the... definitely in the eighties I think he was sold as and as a con- unconventionally mm-hmm. handsome guy I think yeah. I think he slowly just began to morph into a weirdo and just like just <laughs> started taking less and less of those like rom com parts I think yeah but yeah I would mm-hmm. say unconventionally handsome I th- I think. The thing I found is that I feel like his face, and I mean this in the nicest way because I think he's like amazing, but like his face, like clean shaved, like is so like it feels like uncanny valley, even though like it's just a real person versus mm-hmm. like him with a beard, I think really works for him. Yeah, and this new movie, mm-hmm. he looks yeah. sick with the beard, like mm-hmm. it all works. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we can kind of use this to transition into our, our quick discussion of unbearable weight of massive talent because mm-hmm. in all these movies he's you know he's either level-headed or he's really absurd and what i love so much about unbearable weight is that he's fully aware and like in on the joke of all of his craziness and antics throughout yeah. his career and i i'll just first ask you guys like your theater experience watching this movie like was it as fun as mine because people were like law laughing like it was amazing like uh, brian what was your experience yeah yeah i probably had only a toe so i went and saw it earlier this week um Mm -hmm. and there there weren't a ton of people in my theater but i feel like it seemed like everyone there was pretty into it and pretty into like the jokes and especially i feel like there was like one group or maybe just a couple people behind me that were just like dying laughing at that maybe weren't as funny it was kind of one of those one of those crews but even that like 
like I feel like in any other movie or in a lot of other movies, that kind of environment in a movie theater can get kind of obnoxious. But I feel like with something like this, like it just it just shows the appreciation of the jokes and how, like you said, like he's in on everything. And it's I, I loved it. I thought it was good. It's great stuff. Like he As even says like, yeah, he's always, he even says like at the end, he's like, not the bees, you know, it's like, he's aware of the memes. <laughs> so mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Uh, Jackson, what about you? Was yours hopping? Uh, mine was not hopping. I saw it on my birthday, like, uh, which is pretty fun. Which yeah. Is pretty cool. Um, it was a good day, but like I, me and Abby went and there was one other person in this huge <laughs> theater. Like oh. nobody went oh. to see it, unfortunately, um, at my little theater. And it is kind of a bummer because it was like really fun, but like the guy behind us was like dead silent. But me and Abby were like laughing and having a pretty good, pretty good time with it. But that's good. Yeah. Like, yeah, my I had like a full, an almost full theater. Really? Like, okay. Everyone was like, right. I went on like a Tuesday night, so like it's the, it's gotcha. the tickets are like mm-hmm. it's the five dollar ticket nights at AMC. Um, but like everyone was laughing, like people were laughing at like these weird inside bits about like. Nick Cage was like, yeah, I was in The Mandolin. It's an underrated movie. Like, who knows about that? Like, people were just <laughs> laugh, laughing it up. And, and yeah, I think there was just a lot of, like, Nick Cage respected, respecting people in the audience, which mm-hmm. was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a blast. Uh, give me just your, your blanket thoughts on the movie. Like, did you guys like it? Did you have fun? What, what, what were you feeling? Um, I'll I do above. Was, I oh. really liked it. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's okay. It's all, it's all you. I gave it I gave it a four out of five on on Letterboxd. I was a big fan. Um, just like just like he is, this movie was literally one of a kind. Like it, I think yes, it was just so unique in how it was made, or at least like I thought it was casted very well with mm-hmm. Pedro Pascal being great. Tiffany Haddish was good. Um, a lot of the people that I really hadn't heard of, I feel like were really good in this movie too. Um, but there were a lot of scenes which I'm sure we'll get into it like the LSD scene and a lot of that other stuff and like that kind of little twist they put in towards the end um, I really liked it mm-hmm. Jackson yeah I also gave it a four stars I think I, I really liked just like the high concept of it all like which was like pretty wild like just thinking about like the writing process and how I hope they were able to get like confirmation from Nick Cage that this would be like a movie he would want to do before they wrote all of it. Because imagine if like he turned it down after someone spent so much time making this like yeah, what would they love do? letter to Nick Cage, which it very much is um, in yeah, a fun way. Definitely. And the movie itself is super meta, like talking about like super meta. how they had to like make the movie version of this story, like more actiony towards the mm-hmm. end. So like everyday audiences would get something out of it a little bit more, which is like really fun because they were, whenever they were like pitching their movie on LSD, um, they were like, yeah, high concept, like, like just like a wrote like a simple story with about like two friends developing their like friendship and stuff. And they're like, no, that's like not as interesting. We got to go crazier for like the everyday people. It was so good, um, which is like what they did with the movie too, which um, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I guess I we should say that. I mean, I'm assuming people know what this movie is about, but basically the premise of the movie is that Nick Cage gets hired to go to like this big Nick Cage fans house and it turns out he wants to like write a movie with nick cage but also turns out he might be keeping a girl hostage in some kind of international ordeal or whatever Mm -hmm. that part i i I will say i also gave it four stars 
um the um just solely because like you know a lot of the plot doesn't really make i couldn't really tell you the plot of the movie at the end of the day i don't know why the daughter was kidnapped or like what international crisis was going on because of that and i didn't care because (laughs) i think I think that was intentional to feel just like all of Nick Cage's movies put together. Yeah, it definitely is like a silly premise mm-hmm. just in, like on its face. Um, yeah, very silly. But I, I didn't care because it was just like the yeah. Nick Cage fest and it was just so self-gratifying. And I just I loved that about it. And, it was- and to be fair, that it does capture the magic of Nick Cage movies in general. Just like oh, yeah. insane premise that he agreed to do. All mm-hmm. right, let's check it out. Oh, mm-hmm. it's equally crazy and somehow works. That, that's great. And throughout yeah. this whole movie, he's like he's like contemplating whether he'll continue acting or not. Like he mm-hmm. thinks he's done. Mm-hmm. And then all of this happens. Him and him and Pedro Pascal's character, um, like form this amazing relationship and friendship, but it's also yeah. like they both have other things going on, and it's it's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, let's talk, about, yeah. let's talk he, about that. Yeah, first of all, he was amazing, so good, so good. Mm-hmm. Um, their relationship is so funny. Pedro Pascal is like one of those actors I think that can feel like Nick Cage in a sense, where like <laughs> they can do these big budget like <laughs> Disney stuff. They can do. Um, like animated acting um, and like they'll do like what is it, like the bubble or whatever like they'll sign up to like weird like Netflix projects and like yeah. they'll they'll do like these weird character work stuff like um, um, like in Wonder Woman 1984 whenever um, he whenever he plays um, Maxwell Lord to me that feels like a very Nick Cage-esque performance <laughs> it does have Nick Cage energy um, which is so fun and like they're like their mm-hmm. friendship chemistry was just like through the roof yeah it was mm-hmm. it was almost romantic in a sense which was like kind of wild um i really liked it yeah i wrote that down that just like it felt like a romantic relationship which yeah. was just like so cute and so wholesome because he like kind of uh, another funny part was like he kind of has a romantic relationship with himself with a younger <laughs> imagined right. version of nick cage which is oh so how freaky. could i forget about that <laughs> the kiss yeah the kiss yeah. was <laughs> Yeah, it's all oh, that was great, but yeah, like Pedro Pascal, like in a movie that should just be completely Nick Cage's movie, like mm-hmm. Pedro Pascal has great moments and as a scene, yeah, he's funny. And I don't think oh, we've yeah. gotten to see him like be comedic. comedic, I don't think, at least from what I've seen, but he works and it's good. And I, yeah, I, I really liked that a lot. The LSD scene was like, so like, yeah, really talk about like a moment that like doesn't do anything for the plot or advance it in any way really but it's just fun i don't i didn't even care i was like they're just on lsd driving through like spain or whatever and the wall bit even though i had seen that in the trailer the wall bit still worked i didn't see that in the trailer i i didn't see that either that blind oh man yeah i saw like it still worked (laughs) that was hilarious yeah it was a good bit i liked it a lot when he like when Pedro Pascal turns and does the fake laugh to those two guys that are just on the <laughs> yeah. bench, like... it's so great. That, Everything... that crushed me. <laughs> so good. It's All right, just... on the count of three, we're gonna get up slowly and then run away. <laughs> one, and then he just takes off on one. <laughs> so and then he gets hit by the car, and oh, it's just <laughs> it's just so good. And then when they go into like mm-hmm. the the den of like the Nick Cage memorabilia, the... yeah. Just so much good stuff. And 
And then the, just the fact, just the the gall to put Nick Cage in prosthetics for a hot second at the climax of the <laughs> the film, out of nowhere. Oh so my gosh! A wild, fun accent for a little bit and have and be crazy. Like yeah, just just amazing choices. Yeah, without without giving anything away, that was hilarious. <laughs> it's it's amazing, and like he gets to just do everything that Nick Cage does in weird movies. Like he's like becomes like partially paralyzed for a minute in the movie and is crawling around and doing stuff. And, and again, the FBI part of it, I, like Tiffany Haddish and like Ike Barinholtz just like mm-hmm. kind of leave the movie all of a sudden. But I, again, I don't care. Cause like, they do the, yeah, they do their part really good. And then they get out when yeah. necessary. killed, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's spoiler alert, I guess, but it's not a big, I, I guess we're not, we're not caring. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I, all in all, I just thought this movie was really fun. If you're going in it, looking for, a, a lot of plot and stuff. I mean, it's not all there, but it's also, it's just very fun, but it's also very touching. Like the family stuff works mm-hmm. very well. Mm-hmm. And, and I just thought it was good. And the ending is, is, is very fun and sweet and also meta, which is- it's like, yeah, it's for sure. Like a love letter to loving movies. I think, I think film fans in general will like it a lot, even oh, if it's yeah. not, even if Nick Cage isn't like your favorite thing, I think you can get something mm-hmm. from it. Oh yeah, the Nick Cage also a experience. sick Paddington two reference, which was sick fun. Paddington. Yes, two multiple. Reference. Yeah, such a good movie. Justice for Paddington two, and um, and yeah, also in the wake of GI Jane talk, Demi Moore making an appearance <laughs> yeah. in this film. Um, so I thought that was also culturally relevant. But yeah, um, is there anything we haven't mm-hmm. talked about? Am I missing anything? Or do you guys get what you go watch it? Yeah, Listeners, go go see this movie. Go watch it. Mm-hmm. And then rank it very, very high on whatever your ranking service is. <laughs> yes. I will greatly oh, yeah. appreciate it because you drafted it for the movie draft. Mm-hmm. Yes, this was this was a mid round pick for me, I believe. It was. It's a it was, solid one. It's a it's really a good, good pick. It's a good grab. So yeah, go see this movie and go see The Northman for Brian too. This is his, <laughs> this is his weekend. Yeah. Yes, please. And don't, don't do see it. Fantastic see everything beasts. everywhere all at once. <laughs> Oh yeah. I'll give us a little update later about our yeah. draft for the people. Um, amazing. So I think this is a good segue into, so this movie basically gives you everything that Nicholas Cage is about. And I think mm-hmm. we're going to talk about some of our favorite aspects of Nicholas Cage and some other movies that he's in. So we're going to do a top five and I'm expecting, I, I, you know, as big as his library is, I'm expecting some overlap here. Probably, um, mm-hmm. unless like if someone's picked five movies out of the hundred and ten that none of us have seen or talked about, then that's just wonderful job. If someone has guarding tests on their list, let me know. Um, I don't think so. Anyway, um, let's begin. Who should we start with? I feel like we should maybe end with Brian since he's the Nick Cage man. I can start us <laughs> off since I'm like the novice. How about that? Yeah, you 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 take us away. Okay. Um, well, first, I want to introduce a little thing I've noticed when watching Nick Cage movies. Please. And it's that they can fall into four categories, I think. And a fifth one, which I will use for my fifth pick. But I'm going to introduce the four categories first. Okay. And that is, um, it's a good, good movie. A uh, good, bad movie. A bad, good movie. And a bad, bad movie. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm with you. 100%. Absolutely. Okay. Um, It'll become and, more clear once you start to name categories. Yeah, of movies, and yeah. I have I have movies in all of these, uh, respectfully. And these these aren't what I would call the best or like the top five Nick Cage 
movies, but they're my top five Nick Cage experiences. I love that. So that's the mm. mindset I'm going with. Well, okay. Nick Cage, I think, is an experience. So that's very true. I think this is this is a good way Agreed. of thinking about it. So yes. Yeah. So Nick Cage is a way of life. Yes. Yes, for sure. Um, so to st- yeah, to start mine off for my number five, I am doing just an honorable mentions to like a bunch of like this category, which is the superhero cameo um where he is just like getting some of the best little movies in which is super fun um for example like he played he voiced spider-man noir in into the spider-verse which is like phenomenal and super fun and if he wasn't so old i would love for like a live action one of these because sony is like pumping out movies for all the wrong characters and i think this would be like a really interesting one we can dh him we saw how it worked that's true (laughs) um we could do that (laughs) Um, or just like a solo animated movie with him would be super cool i think um but yeah but um speaking of the fact that he almost played superman he got to voice the character in the teen titans go to the movies which was amazing and you should definitely go see it if you uh want because it's great and then um finally ghost rider i just (laughs) had to talk about for a second because it is maybe the perfect weird performance for him of like big blockbuster with like a huge marvel character that like i think most comic people are at least familiar with and like really he had a big cult following like the 90s and so like in this early 2000s movie it was like it made sense to make it yeah um very on brand for him and like just him like (laughs) like on the ground transforming into the spirit of vengeance with like (laughs) these weird graphics and like him in a leather jacket in general is just really funny to me um but yeah i just love all of these specific performances but yeah to like help explain like where like these rankings go i would say into the spider verse is a good good movie um teen titans go i would also maybe say is a good good movie or maybe like no yeah i would say that and then ghost rider is a good bad movie i think i've never seen ghost rider or the spirit of vengeance so yeah the second one is like it's like a completely different vibe. Like it feels like a different studio does it almost like the budget is way smaller. I think weird, but like it looks kind of better for some reason. Like I can't explain it. It's very odd, but yeah, you didn't, you failed to mention kick-ass also. Oh yeah. 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 He's a big daddy and kick. Yeah. That's where I thought you were going. Of course. I I totally uh, have that written down. I just completely skipped over it. So kick-ass is a, I think kick-ass is a good, good movie too. Right? Yes, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. And, and, oh yeah i've watched that for the first time recently i i was a big fan it's fun and he's really good in it too so mm-hmm. big fan and he just looks so silly in the uniform or whatever <laughs> he it is. Does. he's great he's great in it but he yeah it, it's it's good stuff wonderful there's not any other superhero things we're think i'm missing are there, there no. might be i just can't think of them astro right boy I think he's I'm, an astro boy i think he plays a, a role in that perhaps wow <laughs> anyway uh, he's my hero in the Crudes. I won't uh, let me not spoil things because maybe someone has Crudes on their list. But, okay. Um, okay, we'll go to me then, so we can have Brian go after. So, my number five. Um, so I kind of did what you did, Jackson. I wanted mm-hmm. to get five different like Nick Cage experiences. Yeah. And so my number five, I have Oscar-winning Nick Cage. <gasps> so my number mm-hmm. five is Leaving Las Vegas. Which is, I don't know if, have you guys seen this movie? Probably, maybe not. I have not. I did not get to it. This is a um, rating of it. And it was surprisingly low for like an Oscar winner. So I was like, hmm, weird. 
Yeah. So this movie, well, I gave it, I, I don't know what I gave it three stars, maybe. Uh, and let me just say that it's a tough sit. It's not a uh, very happy movie. It's about <laughs> Nick Cage plays an alcoholic Hollywood screenwriter mm-hmm. who like loses everything because of his alcoholism. So he goes to Las Vegas to drink himself to death. That's the plot of the movie. Oof. And like he meets like a uh, uh, like a prostitute there and he forms like an unlikely relationship with her. But um, mm. he won the Oscar for it. So I had to include it here, but it is a very tough watch to just kind of watch Nick Cage like wither away in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a feel good at all, but it's like the perfect balance of like Nick Cage's ability to be very over the top and be like an over the top drunk, which he has moments. And then mm-hmm. like to be subtly drunk and then just like kind of very depressed. And you're like, wow, this guy knows how to act. And uh, you know, it just makes you empathize with his character pretty well i think i watched this in high school so i may need, i need to like, give it a rewatch and see if it sits in a different place for me now mm-hmm. but but yeah i had to uh shout out his performance here because it is it's the quintessential 90s oscar win i think like just playing a down on your luck person who's like spoiler alert dies at the end uh he drinks himself oh yeah it's i the thought plan. he left you can never leave. And actually, you know, what's funny. Uh, Nick Cage lives in Las Vegas. So wow. anyway, uh, so yeah, I just needed to include leaving Las Vegas on the list. I would be remiss if I didn't have his Oscar winning performance on here. Check it out. If you're feeling, uh, I don't know, like you want to start drinking and then maybe you won't want to after you watch this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Love that's, it. that's the takeaway. <laughs> um, Brian, you're number five, sir. Yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to start off, um, probably isn't like a top five favorite or like top five best. Actually, I'd, I'd say it's one of the favorites, but it's a movie called World Trade Center. Have either oh, of you guys boy. watched it, heard of it? No, what is this? So this is, this is a nostalgia pick for me because it was yeah. one of the movies my family had on DVD when I was younger and we just pumped it out on road trips and I've just seen it dozens and dozens of times so i figured i had to throw it on here Got um, to. it's about it's about the world trade center going down on 9 11 um Jeez. nicholas cage is the lead playing um a police sergeant or a fire sergeant um and him and his team some of his team get trapped under the rubble of the world trade center um and it kind of goes through each of their families and it's a pretty intense movie um it's I in in Jackson's hierarchy. I'd probably call it a bad good movie. Um, okay, yeah, I like that. But it's good. It's it's a nostalgia pick for me. Um, it came out in two thousand six. Um, but it's it's got it's got all the elements of as Andy Sandberg says in his SNL. Um, in, <laughs> in, uh, whoa, just had a little stroke there. Stroke there. Um, and is yeah, when he plays Nick Cage at the weekend update, it's all the classic elements of a Nick Cage film. One, everything's on fire. And maybe that's a little touchy with it being 9 11, but hey, <laughs> wow, God. it's a Nick Cage yeah. film. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's great. I like one of them. It's like it has all the elements of a Nick Cage film. One, it exists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All, yeah, the, this- all the all <laughs> the 
all the words are either whispered or screamed. <laughs> <laughs> it's directed by Oliver Stone too. So like it had, like it's, it's got a big production. It's on Netflix right now, apparently. So if you want to go check it out after this mm. pod, go check it out. But Maggie Gyllenhaal's in this movie too. Michael Pena's there. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. I've never, I've never seen it, but I've seen clips of it. So amazing. I, okay. Good. You said good, bad or bad, good. Bad. Good. I'd call it a bad, good movie. Wonderful. Also of elements that we love in it. Wonderful. Okay. <laughs> I love the nostalgia pick. These are your, this is your personal list. No one's going to judge you for your top mm-hmm. fives. I'll say that. Jackson, your Thank number you, four. You're welcome. Yeah. For my number four, I'm ex- uh, exploring the bad, bad movie experience. Oh, and that boy. is none other than the 1996 Michael Bay film, The Rock. <laughs> yeah. Which um, I watched today, I think. That's fresh. It is so long. (laughs) This movie, (laughs) this movie, me and Emily were watching it. And like at three different points, we were like, how is this movie still going on? Like, it's a pretty simple premise, like sort of like, um, actually, it's not the more I think of it, but like it could be done (laughs) in like 90 minutes if you really wanted it to. But it's a Michael Um, Bay film, so it needs to be two plus hours. and Lots of superfluous action. It didn't even have the action of a Michael Bay film that I would have wanted to yeah. keep me entertained through the length of it, which is kind of a bummer. But the premise is insane. Um, basically, these marine re- like rebels take over this Alcatraz, like like Alcatraz, and take a bunch of hostages who are touring Alcatraz, and then they say they have like a chemical bomb, and that if the U.S. government doesn't give them a hundred million dollars because of um these like desert storm like black ops missions that went wrong like so if they don't give them like 100 million dollars then give 83 million dollars to these other families and like 20 million for themselves then like they're gonna kill like thousands of people which is like (laughs) it's a horrible plan like and like they pointed out like later in the movie how that's bad but um yeah you have nick Mm -hmm. cage who is like a like an expert on like Chem- like chemistry and stuff so like that's kind of why he's recruited like he works for the fbi i think he's normally. a chemical warfare expert in the fbi yeah. they have those. um yeah and like the stuff with him is like really cool in the intro i think like he has like a good haircut uh for once in his movie and like he's like yeah he has, i think like, he's attractive in this movie I think. yeah i think yeah. he looks good um he has look- um which is weird because like it came out around the same time where he has some wild looks which is really funny. <laughs> yes um but like the like the acid and stuff in it is like really scary and like tense and, like they do a lot of body horror stuff with it which is like pretty cool mm-hmm. um and sean mm-hmm. Con- like honestly like i think when sean connery shows up it starts to go downhill for me um, oh no first for some reason, he is just not like super fun. Like, I don't know. Like basically his whole thing is that he's an escape artist who escaped Alcatraz at one point. And so like they need him to break into Alcatraz. Of course. And they have this whole like really long, like 10 to 15 minute bit where like he escapes them. But then once he's caught, he's like, all right, I'm on board again. And then it's like, okay, why do we have this scene then? Um, <laughs> he takes yeah, away from the Nick Cage of it all. It, it's in much screen time. It really right. does which is like what I don't like about yeah. it. I don't know. And then once they get to Alcatraz, there's like 40 minutes left of the movie. And it's like, how, <laughs> how is it this long? Um, but yeah, I think it's like parts of it are cool. This is one of those things where it's like um, on paper, I get why Nick Cage like agreed to do this movie. Cause it seems 
like a really interesting idea with like Sean Connery on board probably at the time and Michael Bay being like you know a pretty like well-known uh director and stuff too mm-hmm. um but yeah just it fell flat for me so that's why it is a bad bad movie but still a fun experience overall yeah you're not every Nick Cage experience is there's we'll gonna be something that. yeah there's gonna be and, something and to there. be fair his stuff was delightful. Like watching Nick Cage in it was so fun. I love it. Keeps it keeps you in it, yeah. But like Definitely. the movie itself was just like a slog. I mean, it's 137 minutes. I yeah. mean, that's that's a it's lot of so movie. long. Lot of and who's the is Ed Harris the the bad guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. Stuff. It's um, insane. Wonderful. Um, so far, we're all we're all good on on <laughs> On movies not overlapping it might overlap here because i saw that jackson watched this this week uh-oh um my number four is i wanted to get the more not what we don't see it very often the subdued performance from nick mm-hmm. cage so i picked a movie that we talked about briefly on our 2021 wrapped episode mm-hmm. um but this movie is pig yeah and mm-hmm. i don't know if anyone has this on their list but this is on my list. Yep. What number is Same. on yours? It's my number one. Holy cow! Okay, we need to <laughs> we need to clear out for a pig conversation here. This was my number two. Okay. okay, this is great. Um, okay, I mean, pig. Let's be. I mean, I didn't really rank the. I I've ranked these by aesthetics. I think pig mm-hmm. pig is definitely higher mm-hmm. than some of these other movies on my list. So, but I'll, I'll let you guys talk about it more. But I just about what i'll just say that the movie it's literally just a movie about a man looking for his stolen pig yeah it's like truffle pig he like hunt he sniffs out truffles for and he sells the truffles and it's such a small story and it's like so moving and nick cage is not like a wild crazy man like when i first heard of this movie i thought it was like nick cage gonna go on a murder spree to save his pig yeah, I thought the mm-hmm. pitch was more like John Wick equivalent, and it yeah. like wasn't, but it also wasn't not that at the same time. Yeah, weird. it's just like a more subdued Nick Cage performance. It's more contained, I think, than what he usually yeah. lets it all out of the box. And I don't know, it was just a reminder that like he can do it all. And like there's one scene in particular where he like it's towards the end of the movie where he like finds out where his pig is, and mm-hmm. it's a very moving scene. And, and yeah, I'll let you guys talk, talk on it more since it's your, your number two and one. So what did you guys think of this movie? Clearly you like it. Yeah. Like one thing I really liked about it is that like, I watched this two no yesterday. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and I had heard about it and I had like some expectations of it, but I thought it would like, you know, take place in like the woods more than anything else, just because yeah. like, that's kind of like how the trailer sets it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was very surprised that it takes place place in portland and like the underground like Mm. almost like a mafia style scene of like culinary cooking and like high class like exploration of like the culinary arts which is like so interesting um like it explores themes of like like underground fighting for some reason which is wild and just like staying in the ring and taking punches for money um which is so insane to me um but also like i love like the way like you said, it, like this is a very subdued uh, performance for Nick Cage, but he's very like he is being crazy, but just like in a calm way, which yes. is like also really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I love like the way like they split up the chapters of like 
of like all the recipes and stuff and you kind of learn it's like oh he is the chef like that's why they like had this like motif of like naming it this way mm-hmm. and um yeah like the scene with like uh is it alex wolf or nat wolf i always confuse them i do too it's alex wolf yes um who seriously really good in this movie this is like maybe his best acting i think i've seen which is saying something because he's really good in like everything even mm-hmm. old um which old mm-hmm. is a whole Her- hereditary thing. yeah yes he's really good in hereditary and stuff um but yeah like the scene with like him and like uh, his dad and like him making them farm was like was like very ratatouille-esque which i liked <laughs> a lot yeah but like mixed with like mm-hmm. creepy like mafia father stuff i don't know it was, it was just a really really interesting story and i liked it a lot yeah brian yeah, I, think yeah I mean i think I think you guys both kind of hit the nail on the head. Like, like Carter, you said initially, very subdued role, especially in comparison to a lot of his other work. Um, mm-hmm. But just like, like you guys were already saying, like, I don't want to keep beating a dead horse, but like the story itself was just not what I expected at all, but it was still like, so I feel like it was like very eloquently done. And just, I really like, um jackson you said like i did not expect any of this to mm-hmm. go on like like you said i thought it was going to take place in hope it's portland and like the underground scenes there and i just think there was a lot portrayed throughout the movie and it's it's a 92 minute movie it's super short yeah that's great i might mm-hmm. say is like the ideal length of a movie especially for something like this i thought it was perfect yeah. um and yeah, I think I think you guys really nailed it there. But I think it was really very well made. Yeah, I wanted I wanted to include it here too because it kind of to me signals like the comeback, the beginning of the comeback, at mm-hmm. least for like uh, this new era of Nick Cage. I mean, he's made a lot of comebacks and different things, but but yeah, it just felt like I haven't seen Nick Cage in a while. And then I watched this, I was like, oh yeah, Nick Cage, I've missed that guy. Did this? Did this come out before or after Willy's Wonderland? That's a great question, actually, because I can tell you Willy's Wonderland is not on my list. It was list. after. Okay. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> it was um, after, confirmed. So this is, the, this is the point of the comeback. Yes. Um, Pig is, I'm saying. Pig, was, Pig came after. Good. Um, it's, I don't think it's on. Is Willy's Wonderland on your list, Brian? <laughs> oh, God, no. Okay, it'll be honorable mention later, but man, what an <laughs> absurd movie that mm-hmm. Brian and I just happened to both watch this week. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to that in honorable mentions later, but yeah, sick. The pig hive is real. I love that. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. I just stuff. want to say also, this is my example of a good, good movie. Yes, this is definitely a good, good movie. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, wonderful. Well, Brian, we can toss to you for your number four then. Um, number four, I went with Kick-Ass. I've nice. never seen this up until this past week. Um, and we kind of hit on it before, but it's just such a fun, like almost like a feel good, like just enjoyable movie to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, another that's kind of felt like it was very Scott Pilgrim esque. Um, another, another movie that I'm a big fan of. Um, mm-hmm. but it's just about, this have you guys both seen it yes Yes. yeah big fan huge yeah just this this high school kid who wants to basically just become a superhero and obviously he he doesn't have any powers he's just this normal teenage kid um so he he does have a buys this suit 
Does he? I don't remember. Isn't like his like nerve endings are like not as sensitive, so like he can like physically oh, take he hits can... harder, but he doesn't oh, like, feel it as much. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know like what right. causes it or something, but like I think that's part of it. Mm-hmm. But he like doesn't yeah, have he literally like, buys or... this. Yeah. Yeah. He like buys this onesie off the internet and <laughs> like starts like training himself and does push ups and it's just and then Nick Cage comes out of nowhere as like a real life superhero type guy and mm-hmm. it it was just really fun to watch. And um oh what's his name who oh who is Nick Levin? Yes, yes. His the character Redmist. I just yeah. I feel like he's just the same person in every movie he's in and that kind of comedy just kills me. Yeah, I think I think so. I think he's been typecast. He was in Promising Young Woman this past sure. year, but or two years ago, but he still is just McLovin. It's 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 just mm-hmm. it's like how sh- it's like how Christopher McDonald is Shooter McGavin and whatever <laughs> and everything he, whatever yeah. he does. <laughs> I, I don't know. He's just Shooter McGavin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, this is great. And I really early. This was like Chloe Grace Moretz first like big. Yeah, and she's thing, so right? good. Mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. Yeah, my Matthew favorite Vaughn. scene is like when they uh, shoots her <laughs> like and like he's like getting her like get used to like getting shot in the chest with oh like a, yeah like a bullet <laughs> yeah blast on. it's so good have you seen uh yeah that very Kick first scene with them yeah no i've seen it i all seen it but like i don't remember much other than like jim carrey is in it and like he has like a baseball bat and like hits people with it yes he does he's like mm-hmm. uh captain stars and stripes or something something, something like, like that, that yeah. i don't know but yeah that's fun too but it it's lacking the Nick Cage energy that it definitely Jim it Carrey is. makes up for it a little bit, but it definitely needs the Nick Cage energy. Does he but, get? Do they recast him? No, he plays a different no. character. Jim Carrey does. But okay, he's like supposed to be just like oh, that. Yeah. And Jim Carrey, Colonel Stars and Stripes. Nice. I just watched that <laughs> recently, but uh, but yeah, he's and then I just like that, like McLovin, his name. He changes his his villain name and Kickass Two to the motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. Uh, it's good stuff. Um, sick kick ass. We love kick ass here. Big kick ass hive. Um, Jackson number three. Yeah, um, this one might be controversial. This is my bad good movie choice, and that is going to National Treasure. <gasps> oh boy, um, baby! It is. It is one that I always revered as a kid as like being one of the coolest movies ever because uh, it's a heist movie. Like before I knew what a heist movie was. Yeah. So like, which is weird that like it was introduced to me through National Treasure, but like it was awesome at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also a movie that for whatever reason, like every teacher was okay with it playing like for like, a, like one of those like, <laughs> last days before break. Like, oh yeah, we're watching National Treasure. Like this, yeah. this. This works for like, especially like, like uh, social studies and stuff. Like well, that's what we're watching, and it's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's just like one that I always thought was like one of the best movies ever. And then it's like, oh, what? This is kind of like a joke movie that people like meme and like don't really love as sincerely as as Brian does. And so that's kind of why it's in my bad good movie. But I just always loved it, and I thought the second one was good too. And Riley was always my favorite character, even though Nick Cage is awesome in it. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for that series that they're doing as well. Riley's returning mm-hmm. in the series. Yeah, but not Nick Cage. What's going on with that? Did oh, that's cool. Uh, a lot of Nick, a lot of, it seems like Nick Cage and Disney don't have a very good relationship. Bummer. What but, about, uh, what about John Voight? Is he coming back? 
<laughs> yeah we love john big trump guy john boy yeah. maybe he'll be back i don't know um brian do you have anything cool. to say to this to this nick cage or this national treasure almost slander that's occurring here um so i think in reality i think you're probably right that this is a bad good movie um i think this is I also like a nostalgia lot, pick for me yeah yeah no i so i this was another one growing up had it on dvd watched it all the time loved it um but then again like watching it like as a grown like compre like i can comprehend it as an adult like mm-hmm. it's not that great um but it's just like nick cage in this movie i feel like is just so funny just like not when he's not trying to be he's it's so, just such a funny yeah. concept for a lot of it <laughs> and sorry i just took a sip of water but but it's also like so random and the fact that it happens again in national treasure 2 is just like (laughs) (laughs) it's one of those things like does this really happen twice to the same group of people but you bet this was my number one second one too yeah people yeah they sure did they almost got lost in the mount rushmore (laughs) and they kidnap the president i think in the second one oh they do don't they yeah you're right Uh, yeah the stakes the stakes increase (laughs) And Ed Harris is back as kind of a villain again, and another Nick. Yeah, Ed Harris is fun in these movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, he's I'm, good in the second one for sure. I'm glad you got Sean Bean I, in the first. Yeah, mm-hmm. Sean Bean, of course. A rare Sean Bean movie where he doesn't die though. <laughs> Just arrested yeah. though. They do arrest him. Yeah. Um, um, I'm looking at the director, and his name is John Turtletob. That's an insane name. Um, but Turtle guess what Tom, else baby. he's directed? Oh, I know. I could tell you. Ooh, then maybe Brian should play this game, not you. <laughs> cool. Well, here's the thing. When you said that, I clicked on his name. I had... <laughs> All right. But, well, anyways. Well, were, you, were, were you gonna say cool, cool runnings, runnings, which I thought is kind of funny, and then yeah. also the Meg, and yeah. then um, another uh, another Nicolas Cage movie that I completely forgot about until just now, The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Uh, oh, I didn't know he did, did that. Yeah, which I totally forgot was a movie. That was a Disney movie too, I think. So maybe that was the last. That's what soured it. Because did. then I yeah, yeah. maybe. But he directed know. the second National Treasure too, right? Yes. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, cool. the Sorcerer's Apprentice cast is stacked. Like, what the heck? Nicholas Cage, Jay Baruchel, Alfred Molina, Toby Kebbell. Like, what? Okay. Pretty wild. Honorable yeah. mention: Sorcerer's Apprentice. Maybe yeah. But anyways, sure. National <laughs> Treasure is uh, my number three. I'm glad you guys talked about it because I left it off because I thought someone would talk about it. So <laughs> I'm happy that you, you, good made assumption. It, you made it happen. Sick. Uh, number three for me is a cheat. I've cheated. Um, so this is my, uh, this is my Nick Cage's batshit crazy off the wall uh, era. Or so I, I I could only I couldn't narrow it down to one, so I had to do two. Um, they're two absurdly fun action movies, and one takes place like at the height of his powers in the 90s when he becomes like a really big action star. And then the other one happened like four years ago, where he still just is bringing all the insanity. So the first one is face off. Um, yeah, yeah. And this is a this is a bad good movie. Yeah, this is my number two. Yeah, this movie is uh, insane. Um, well, here, I'll let you 
I'll let you talk about it so I can talk about the other one more. Yeah, I just want to say I've never had so much fun with like an insane uh, premise. Like this is like it's ridiculous. One the, it's one of the weirder ones because it's such a high like high sci-fi concept in a world that feels so regular, and they just happen to have face swapping technology. <laughs> it's amazing, um, which is so insane. Um, I got it. Yeah, here one second. I'm gonna look it up so I can look at this cast because yeah, I can I can give the plot of it before yeah, give us the plot. So basically, well, it's so it's John Travolta and Nicolas Cage, Mm -hmm. and Nick Cage is this weird terrorist named Castor Troy, (laughs) which is an unbelievable name. First off, off the bat, and John Travolta is this like anti-terrorism FBI agent or something, right? Sean Archer, Sean Archer, an even badass name, and us. So for some reason, the uh, the movie starts off with like Nick Cage trying to shoot John Travolta. Mm-hmm. And he shoots John Travolta's son on the merry-go-round on the carousel, and like the yeah. the imagery is so odd for it, and it's like it's wild. So it's yeah, so he, crazy. He misses and kills his son, and then you know Nick and like while John Travolta's crying over his dead son, Nick Cage could just go back and just shoot him and end it, but he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. He leaves. He doesn't because he's like, we got a movie to do, and so he 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 leaves. He leaves, and so then later in the movie. <laughs> This is ridiculous because so they capture Castor Troy. They capture yeah. Nick Cage and he's like very severely wounded. He's put into an he's in a coma, basically. Yeah. But it turns out that before he went into a coma, he planted a bomb somewhere in the city. Yeah. And so hmm. this is the solution. John Travolta <laughs> takes Nick Cage's face, puts it on his face. And he goes undercover oh. and to like find out the location of, of the from bomb. his brother. Yeah. From his brother. And Which is insane for so many reasons. Um, <laughs> the first one being why, just from a writing standpoint, why don't they just like swap bodies like via mind? <laughs> like it just seems so much like simpler than them being like, yeah, we're swapping your face. Uh, but also we got to like trim your body fat. And also like we gave you hair plugs and also like, and it's just like, why don't you just say they switched like consciousness? Like that just feels well, Jackson. That's not believable. <laughs> but like, it, yeah, like, come on. Is. You've seen Game of Thrones. They can swap faces. It's, yeah, it's so weird. Um, but there's like some really cool like horror elements to it. Like, um, like because uh, Nicholas Cage wakes up without his face, and yes. then like he gets the doctor to like put John Travolta's face on to his face, and then yep. he kills everyone involved. And then so like because it's such a secret <laughs> program, nobody knows that they switched faces anymore. It's insane. Like and Nicolas Cage goes and like lives his life, just like John Travolta's as, life. Yeah. yeah, John Travolta's life, what? which is like so weird because like he confronts Nick Cage, like he confronts John Travolta as Nick Cage in prison. <laughs> And it's like, I'm going to leave you here, baby. And like, he's like, I'm going to like have sex with your wife and stuff, which is really weird. And like, he sexualizes like his daughter as his dad at one point, which it's is like, so weird. as her dad, which is like so creepy and like freaky. But then he has like a nice heartfelt moment with her later, like as like a father figure almost, but then it bites him in the back later. It's, it's so odd. Um, it's, it's yeah. unbelievably bizarre. It's and so I, funny. I had to put it on here because it's literally. It's Nick Cage acting like John Travolta's character, acting like the Nick Cage character. Yeah. 
and it's there's so many layers to it yeah and it's just absurd and then there's this iconic <laughs> scene at the end where these doves fly out in this <laughs> in this action like shootout scene and these doves just fly in slow motion across the screen yeah it's unbelievable 90s stuff and there's it's just... some insane stuff it's like um yeah that i want to take his face off oh. is so insane <laughs> um it's like looking in a mirror but not or like something like that is like the quote i think which is so funny one um, quote i wrote down is from nick cage's character if you dress like halloween ghouls will try to get in your pants oh that's, yeah that's him talking to like the goth daughter or whatever yeah. <laughs> like it's just that. so funny and then at one point he dresses up as a priest <laughs> and uh goes to this choir and like is like groping this like choir woman and like she's kind of into it sort of i think and it's like very weird um but it's, yeah, it's bizarre. I, it's I think bizarre. that's where that you don't say meme was formed. Yeah, his when his face is like, <gasps> yeah, yeah, it's like super weird. Uh. Like, it's like old internet history, which is kind of fun. Um, but yeah, this this is the movie where I was talking about. This came a year after uh, he was in uh, The Rock, and his hair is so gross. <laughs> like I don't know what they did to his hairline, but they botched it for like no reason. Did something gnarly. Maybe it's like so it'll match. Val, or I want to. I keep wanting to say Val Kilmer because he's giving such Val Kilmer. John Travolta <laughs> John, is John Travolta in this movie. Um, and I don't love John Travolta, but I, honestly, I didn't mind him in this movie. This is his best acting, I would say, which is kind of weird. But, but yeah, he's good in it. Like, because he's also like he is going up to the weird energy that Nick Cage is bringing. Exactly, because he like yeah. saw how Nick Cage was playing the version he's like well shoot i'm gonna mm-hmm. have to do that later yeah and nick cage is so like horny in this movie like yeah. it's so gross like, he tells this he tells this flight attendant to suck on his tongue and she does and it's like oh that's just so yeah, wild i i cannot stress this enough this is like one of the most like fun like bad movies i think i've seen ever like it's yeah. just it's insane it definitely falls in that camp. And I wanted it's to include so it here because like he has this iconic run, like three movies in a row. He's got the rock con air and face off, which were all yeah. just like massive hits, massive action nineties hits. So mm-hmm. I had to include that here. Um, but yeah, Nick cage psycho in the nineties. And then I was like, where did that Nick cage go? And then I saw it again in 2018 in this movie that, well, I, I will make it my official number three pick since that was your number two. Perfect. Uh, this movie's called Mandy. And yeah this this. movie is insane as well it's a very interesting let me just read you the premise uh the enchanted lives of a couple in a secluded forest are brutally shattered by a nightmarish hippie cult and their demon biker henchmen (laughs) propelling a man into a spiraling surreal rampage of vengeance um so I needed to throw this in because this movie happens in like the Nick Cage's direct to video little scene era that happens uh-huh. for like six years mm. where he's just like doing anything. And we're like, why, why is he doing this? And we came to learn like this week or like this year that like after like Ghost Rider and Sorcerer's Apprentice, like kind of failed, like he had a, it revealed like around 2009, he had a lot of assets and earnings tied into the housing crisis. So he kind of lost everything. And he made poor investment decisions. Mm. And, you know, he was uh, at the same time, he was keeping his mother out of a psych ward during this time. So he's literally doing these movies to pay off debts. They kind of like touch on that a little bit in the massive talent. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of fun. 
And like, you know, he has a lot of debts at the IRS and he like blows most of his fortune. So like during this VOD run, Nick Cage like defends all these movies that he's doing. Like, yes, I was doing them for money, but like, as we talked about earlier, he never phoned it in. Yeah, like he's doing it seriously, which I respect. And this is very evident in Mm -hmm. this movie because this movie is two hours long and spoilers kind of, as you can kind of tell from the premise, his wife gets murdered by this cult. And then Nick Cage has this really long scene, a tracking shot where he's just in a bathroom, drinking a bottle of vodka, screaming and crying. (laughs) And then he goes on a murderous rampage for an hour. And he has like, his wild, crazy eyes, like there's blood spewing in his face and his eyes are like wide open and you see his really bright teeth and he's like a maniac. And it's just really crazy movie. And the movie is like really beautifully shot too. Like it's very psychedelic and kind of trippy with like this neon cinematography kind of deal. Mm-hmm. It's like really weird. It feels like Blade Runner 2049 if Blade Runner was like Nick Cage, I guess. But um, if, if you're into the, uh, the devil's lettuce, I would watch this movie high. That was what I would suggest <laughs> to you. Um, but Nick Cage is just going for it. And it's just nice to see that he still was going for it. And this movie's not for everybody, but a lot of people, it's like a big letterboxed movie, I would say. So yeah, it definitely seems that way. What would you categorize it as? This is probably a bad, good movie because Sick. like it's a, a, an unbelievably weird movie set up and premise to begin with and then it's just like like this biker game are like kind of demonic and they like this cult summons them somehow so like Mm -hmm. it's very bizarre but like the way it's shot and the way they take it seriously makes it good so it's definitely a bad good i would say but Mm -hmm. not all bad so it's like got a lot of ideas going on in it for better or worse but so yeah that was an elongated way of saying that so yeah nick cage in action being a batshit crazy guy that's my number three category for you booyah brian you're number three my number three um this may be recency bias but i watched this movie on a plane um this past weekend and um this also falls into the busy month of june that came in 1997 Mm. which i'm now realizing was this movie, The Rock, and Face Off, and My Birthday. So wow. it's meant to be. Wow. Con Air. <laughs> Con, I'm Air. Con Air is my number three. Yeah. Nice. You watched Con Air so, on a plane. That's amazing. <laughs> I did. It was kind of a bold move, but it worked out. I was a big fan. It was like pretty entertaining um, for a movie like this. It had a pretty sweet cast with... Yeah. Nick Cage, John Cusack, John Malkovich, Steve Buscemi. Um, it was Dave really Chappelle's enjoyable. There I think for it a was, yeah, Young Dave. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. Forgot about that. <laughs> but um, if you haven't seen this, it's basically um, about Nick Cage. He's a he's a former um, Army Ranger, and he gets sent into prison after accidentally killing someone who was kind of like heckling him outside a bar as a part of a group. Um, gets paroled, gets paroled oh um, into a few years in his prison sentence. And as he's being freed, he gets put on this plane um, filled with a bunch of other convicts who are just moving prisons, but he's actually just going to be released. Um, bad guys get a hold of the plane. 
shit goes down. Um, but I, I, even though this movie's 25 years old, I still don't want to give anything up just because it was still, because I had no idea what happened during it. Um, so that's how I want our viewers or your listeners to, uh, to take it if they decide to watch it. Um, yeah. but I'd call it an entertaining movie. If, I don't know if either of you guys have seen it, but oh, I thought it was it's, fun. It's entertaining as hell. It's, it's not slow at any point. And it's just, it's such a goofy, wild concept. Like let's put all these criminals on a plane. And, and Nick Cage is this, just this like super like kind Southern gentleman yeah. who has this, he's like luscious long hair and he just wants to get back to his wife and his, his wife was pregnant when, when he was arrested. So he has this seven year old daughter that he's never seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wants, he doesn't want her to think he's that bad, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I thought it was fun. I would, I would call this. Oh man. A it's either good, bad, good, or bad, bad good. movie. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's a blast. I'd go good, bad. And I'll say John Malkovich's character's name is its name is Cyrus the virus. Like that's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. <laughs> amazing name. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's on Amazon. And he, he, even he does John Malkovich does an awesome job too. He's so good at playing just like the crazy guy. Yeah. He's so scary. Like, he's a menacing guy. And then, yeah. like, Steve Buscemi is like not in the movie a lot, but he's a very, he is very scary in this movie too. He's very creepy. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I would have liked to see more of him, but I also get that it, he yeah. wasn't really a big piece of the puzzle. Well, we got to have more Dave Chappelle in there. So, true. Yeah, Con Air too. Con Air too. Anyway, it's a wild, a really wild ending. The I won't, I don't mm-hmm. want to, I won't spoil it, but <laughs> what happens at the end is is amazing. Um, so that's good stuff. Con Air, I love it, and the fact you watch it on a plane is is amazing. So good for you. <laughs> um, All right. We're back to Jackson, or have we already gone through Jackson? I've done all two? my movies. I'm all done. Holy cow. I've also done all mine. Well, let Brian talk about uh, National Treasure a little bit more, because I feel like I cut him off. Is, so, that, like, your, you is that your number yours. one, Brian? Oh, no. It's, National Treasure was my number one, but we don't have to talk about it that much. It's all right. I think <laughs> I, th- I feel like we covered it a decent amount. Well, we'll get, if we need to say right. more, we will. Whatever you say, man. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, I'll breeze through my 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 one and two real quick, but um so my number two um is i wanted to get an early nick cage movie like i wanted to get an 80s nick cage movie on here so i picked a nice uh coen brothers movie called raising arizona oh Uh, nice i don't know if anyone if you've seen this but i've heard really good things about it this movie is well first Mm -hmm. of all can you think of a better marriage than the coen brothers and nick cage that's perfect maybe just maybe the um Oh gosh, the uncut gems guys. What can't think of them? Oh, the Safety Brothers. Safety Brothers would be sick. That should definitely happen. Maybe they'll be in the new Adam Sandler Safety Brothers project. That'd be cool. That'd be amazing. But this uh, awesome. this is Holly Hunter and Nick Cage. They play like this couple. Nick Cage is a former con, and Holly yeah. Hunter is a former cop, and they fall in love, and he turns good, and um, so that they get married and everything. But then the she realizes she learns that she's barren and can't have kids. And then she convinces Nick Cage's character to reignite his life of crime and go steal a family. One of the family's quintuplets that lives down the road. Oh my God. 
she's That's like so they wild. have five of, she's like they have five of them they won't they won't miss one so he, <laughs> so he abducts one of the kids and then they uh yeah they just raise this kid but obviously you know there it becomes a really fun romp like the cops show up and then there's like they hire some hitmen and stuff and there's this weird biker guy that's after the baby too. It becomes this really, a really fun romp. It's just, it's like Nick Cage playing like an eccentric, dumb, lovable love interest almost. And I don't know. I think it's just a fun indicator of what's to come for Nick Cage in the 80s. Like this is 1987, um, kind of when he like starts to break out. But again, Coen Brothers and Nick Cage, it's a really, this is a really fun movie. And I encourage uh anyone to watch it i don't know if it's streaming it is not i'm learning but you can <laughs> rent it on youtube i guess Love it. um yeah then okay my final one and then we can we can clear out for if we need to say any final thoughts on nick cage i mean uh national treasure both um my final one is really one of the wildest movies i've ever seen and it's actually this is good good movie um but my number one is adaptation and mm-hmm. this movie is just just so you can get a sense of what the vibe of the movie is before I even describe what it is. It's written by Charlie Kaufman, who wrote Being John Malkovich and Eternal Sunshine. So, you know, it's going to be weird. I love uh, Eternal Sunshine. And That's it's direct. Awesome. Yeah. And it's directed by Spike Jones, who Ooh. directed Being John Malkovich and her. So, you know, yeah. it's also going to be pretty, pretty weird. It's Nick Cage. It's Meryl Streep. It's Tilda Swinton, Chris Cooper. Here's have you mm-hmm. do you guys know about this movie? Like what it's about? No. Okay. Bear so I watched like the first half of it yesterday and then oh. I might have fallen asleep. Oh boy. <laughs> so this movie is bizarrely weird and intricate and meta. And I thought it was the perfect way to describe the Nick Cage of it all. So Nick Cage plays Charlie Kaufman, a version of Charlie Kaufman, attempting to adapt this book called The Orchid Thief which like actually happened. This is true. He was trying to adapt this book and this is what the movie turned into. This is the adaptation of the orchid thief. (laughs) Um, So in adapting the real book in real life, this movie came about from him adapting that book. Does that make sense so far? Yeah. Okay. So it's like Charlie Kaufman, the character, like he suffers from anxiety and social phobia and like depression. He's like trying to adapt this book and he's struggling. And on the other, the flip side Nick Cage is also playing Charlie's fictional brother, Donald, <laughs> his fictional twin brother. Okay. Um, and in, it's funny because in the movie, it's like dedicated to Donald Kaufman, who's not a real person. <laughs> um, and this version is like a far more confident, like version of Charlie Kaufman. Like he wants to be a screenwriter too. And he like, doesn't do a lot of work, but he's like slowly become a success because he's yeah. doing all the things that like he's selling out. He's making like really weird writing weird, weird, like action movies with like a sex, like a sexy hook and things like that. And like affairs and Charlie Kaufman's more like the, uh, the down to earth, like this is what screenwriting really is and blah, blah, uh-huh. blah. Um, and then Meryl Streep plays the writer of the orchid thief. Who's having an affair with the character that the orchid thief is based on. Are you with me still? <laughs> yes. Okay. And it just becomes this wild meta commentary about Charlie Kaufman, like attempting to adapt this unadaptable book. And that's what the movie is about trying to adapt the movie that we're watching. 
<laughs> weird. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of like a tick, tick, boom, sort of. Yeah, yeah, but it's like this. It's mm-hmm. just like so. Yeah, it's very meta and very crazy. And I wanted to include this because Nick Cage is playing two characters, and I could not deny that. Because one, and is like, he's so awkward. Yes, he's incredibly awkward in this movie, and. He was nominated for this movie too, but it just feels like the summation of everything that Nick Cage as a performer is and was because he's got, he's doing one version of himself over here, like being this really awkward, like fidgety guy. And then over here, he's like this really eccentric, energetic guy. And the fact that he got to play two in Mm -hmm. one movie is, is wild. So I would highly recommend watching this movie and sticking with it because it is absolutely bonkers and it, hurts my brain we had to watch it i took a screenwriting class in college and we watched this movie and good golly miss molly (laughs) um so yeah adaptation check it out 2002 what a year um okay brian do you have any closing thoughts on national treasure (laughs) other than it's a masterpiece and it's the reason you maybe fell in love with nick yeah what's to say that hasn't been said or that's already uh, that's already known um Hoping for the best with this uh, with this show that's coming out. It's a mm-hmm. shame we can't get it. National Treasure Three movie, um, but you know, all good things come to an end. I'm glad they're not trying to force <laughs> anything. Um, True. So hopefully, hoping for the best with the show. It'd be great if a little if a little Nick cameo comes in. Um, That'd be amazing. But just National Treasure in general, I'm you know it just it just hits home for me at time old it goes for me if i see it on tv i'm definitely turning it on Absolutely. um and it's just a wild ride of a movie same with same with the book of secrets um and yeah it's just it hits home for me like it's emotional love that for you um jackson any closing thoughts on nick cage the man uh, kind of i had a question for you guys because i saw in like an ama or like some sort of interview uh someone asked him about like muppets and if he would ever do a muppet movie um what muppet or like what movie would you like muppify where like he's nick cage still but everybody else is like muppets what would you do wow that's that's so hard because i feel like nick if Nick Cage has to gives off big Muppet energy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he does. Like, man, maybe does it have to be kid friendly? Because him no. and Face Off would be uh, Face Off would be pretty wild. Like, <laughs> him and like, I don't know, <laughs> Grover. Yeah, I'm just imagining them great. like ripping off a Muppet's face and putting it on <laughs> another Muppet. Nick Cage and Kermit just Yeah, that would be pretty good. It would have to be Kermit, I think. Yeah, because then he's like so is sleeping with Miss Piggy, and that's that's fun. Um, <laughs> wow, that's a great question. Um, yeah. Oh, into the Spider Verse. Into the Spider. <laughs> I think it's sitting right there in front of our faces. It's Pig, right? It's, it's, <laughs> it's gotta be Miss Piggy's looking for. That Ms. might Piggy. be it. <laughs> um, I love it. Like, Scooter could be like the guy who's like taking him around town and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Man, there's so many, so many Nick Cage movies that could be. Uh, are there any? I we didn't. Are there any honorable mentions that we didn't mention that you guys wanted to give a, a shout out to? Other than the Croods. Um, I was just gonna say. The Croods. I watched, watched that for, for the, the first, first time. time. Yeah, I watched it yesterday. <laughs> was it good? It was cute. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. It was. It was yeah, it was. I thought it was fine. Yeah, it's, it's like fine. to me, like nothing really happened. 
Yeah, nothing really happened. But Nick know. Cage as a dad yeah. caveman to Emma Stone was just something I enjoyed. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, real quick, Willy's, Willy's Wonderland. Wonderland. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> Do you want to describe what? I think I gave this. Did you give it? Yeah. One? So... I gave it one and a half stars. I think you might have. I think one. I might have done the same. Maybe just one. <laughs> um, but. I'll tell you what, I was on the edge of my seat that entire time. Oh, it's not boring. It was, it's a movie, so Nicolas Cage, I'll start by saying he never says a single word in this entire movie. It's amazing. Which just adds to the mystique and it adds to the suspense of like, is he going to speak? Um, <laughs> but he, he's, it starts off, he's, he's in his car and he gets a flat tire. Turns out he ran over a spike strip. Um, all of, his, all of his tires are flat. He's in kind of the middle of nowhere. Um, tow truck comes and picks him up, takes him and says, um, listen, this is going to cost um, $1,000 in cash. I only take cash. ATM's out. No, no internet. Um, but you can work it off. You can work for it. I know just the guy, something like that. So they take him to a rundown, like, Chuck E. Cheese-esque establishment called Willie's <laughs> Wonderland. And the owner, his, his first name is Texas. Um, he, he gives him the duty of just trying to clean the whole place. Um, Carter, you want to jump in? I don't want to manage sure. this entire then, <laughs> So, yeah, then he gets in, he gets in the, the, the Willie's Wonderland to, like, clean it because, like, that's how, they pay, that's how he's going to pay off this car. But turns out the animatronics are have been possessed they're de- like possessed by <laughs> this cult of people that <laughs> killed themselves in the willie's wonderland and they're trying to kill nick cage sounds and like a weird like attempt at a five nights at freddy's like it's literally what it is and he just, it's just nick cage beating the crap out of like eight animatronics and it's incredible the only yeah the only then- noises he makes he's just like screaming and like grunts and screams mm-hmm. it's 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 quite something wild and for whatever reason he has this he has a, an electric watch that he sets and every time the alarm goes off he has to drink this soda called punch mm-hmm. i don't know okay. why but he does it do every he has, his, he has his timer set on his watch and, he goes and these and kids get involved and, and it's, it's yeah it's a good time um i i would honestly recommend it it, it was a fun it was a fun experience. It's a fun movie. I will say that. It's not good, but boy, is it fun. Um, speaking of fun movies, it's G-Force? a bad, bad, fun movie. G Force. Yeah. G Force, anyone? Which I, I guess he's in. Uh, he plays Speckles the Mole. <laughs> <gasps> he was my favorite character in that movie. Oh my gosh. You didn't even know? Oh, wow. Such a fake fan. Um, I want to shout out Matchstick Men, which was a movie I watched this week. And he's like plays a con artist, like teaching his daughter to be a con artist, which is really fun. It's a Ridley Scott movie. Um, but other than that, I mean, there's some good ones in here, but you know, I liked, I don't know if you guys saw Knowing. I thought it was, that's a wild movie. It's mm-hmm. like, he finds like this map of like all the dates and it tells him like when natural, like big disasters are going to happen before they happen. And he like always finds himself there trying to stop them, but they still just happen. It's a good time. Huh. It's a fun romp. Um, Nick Cage all... would have been good for that 2012 movie. He would have. He, he and John Cusack are, are, are similar yeah. in the brain. He should have been in that. Well, I think he's going to get more projects now. 
more like I hope I so. Mean, I mean, I getting projects wasn't a problem for him, but more <laughs> things that will quality. See. Yeah, I think he'll be appreciated more for sure. Mm-hmm. I think so. So yeah, um, amazing. Better be. Uh, Nick Cage, check him out. He's quite the experience. I'll say that, and it's worth your time. I think. Amazing. Uh, should we move on? Yes. Two, I reckon. Oh, 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 oh. The list is life. The list is an absolute good. The list is life. Amazing. Um, so you want to know some Nick Cage stuff, probably, I assume? Yeah. Um, I guess. All, <laughs> first of all, I'll tell you unbearable weight of massive talent. I've got at 497. Solid. Got it wow. up there. Top 500, baby. Love to hear. Love to see it. Um, National treasure. I'm assuming you want to see Brian. What? Why not? Oh hell yeah! National treasure sits at now. This may sound low, but it's at 1,040, <laughs> which is firmly okay. That's in top 50 percent. Yeah, that's yeah. that's good. That's a good spot. Yeah, the list is like. 2, I have 000. to ask where. I have to ask where Willie's Wonderland is. Willie's Wonderland is low. Um, <laughs> Willie's Wonderland is at 1,943. Okay. Um, out of 2, 2,272. So, you know, I give it one and a half stars because it is fun, but it is absurd. Mm-hmm. So anything else anyone wants to know about Nick Cage? Uh, What's yeah, your highest Nick Cage movie? Ooh. Okay. Wait, highest Nick Cage first. Um, I think my highest Nick Cage is adaptation. Uh, that sits at 342. Okay. Um, and what did you ask, Jackson? Uh, I asked where Face Off was. <laughs> face Off. Hell yeah. Well, first of all, I gave Face Off three and a half stars because it's, I did too. it's absurdly fun. I have it at 798. 798. All right. I like that. I respect that. It's fun. Like, I have I think- that right above Don't Look Up. I kind that. of agree with that for some reason. <laughs> um, like, I think the movie is like actually a two-star movie, but like the funness of it, it, it bumps it up to a three and a half. Like the experience is so much better. If you know? Nick Cage weren't in it, it's like two and a half stars. Totally, you're right. If that, but but yeah, Nick Cage is a lot of fun, gang. So good. Um, and then finally, I'll leave you with Pig because that was your number one. Mm-hmm. P- Pig, I have at seven eighty-six. Love it. So I actually have it higher than Face Off. Duh. Duh. It's wonderful. Amazing. I also have it above Paddington. So come Ooh. at me. Come at me in the wow. comments. Full circle. Sort yeah. of hot take. I, I haven't Paddington. seen and I haven't seen Paddington too. So one day. What? One day. It is not this day. Well, Paddington 2 episode coming soon, maybe. I don't know. Um, wonderful. Before we get into I'll have what she's having, should I give a uh fantasy filmography update for the people since we have a a member of the draft here yes let's do it amazing um very quickly uh just if you've been following along uh maybe tracking (laughs) how things have been performing i can tell you that jackson has had a commanding lead for quite some time with uh the release of yes the release of the batman and turning red and everything everywhere all at once which we sung the praises for um, mm-hmm. but Brian is inching his way up into second place, passing David, who somehow just in second, just based off of numbers, number of movies released. 
Um, but Brian had a big weekend with uh, the Northman and unbearable weight of massive talent. So he has soared into second and turns out Morbius and uh, deep water are not doing it for David. So surprise, surprise. And Matt is sitting comfortably in fourth, but gaining a little bit um, with uncharted and fantastic beasts is not doing very well, um, but it's doing okay. And then me, I'm sitting firmly in last for now with Jackass Forever because I have not had any other movies released. But that all changes in a couple of weeks with Doctor <laughs> Strange, baby. And I'm back in the fight. Um, so it's exciting. Good stuff. Congratulations, Brian, for second place. Woohoo. Jackson has had. Not done yet. Not done. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> Jackson has eight weeks in first place. Brian has four weeks in first place. So will some of us get one? I don't know. We'll Maybe. See. that's the filmography update for y'all uh jackson let's move on to our last segment what is it i'll have what she's having i'll have what she's having outstanding recommendations uh brian let's start with you what do you you want to recommend to the people yeah i've got a few things here um one obviously we already talked about unbearable weight of massive talent and the northman uh both came out last weekend both very good movies in my humble opinion um, rate very high on your services after you watch them or don't watch them and still rate them high. I'd appreciate it. Um, the last part or the, the second part of the last season of Ozark comes out tomorrow, today, Friday, today, I believe. Oh, um, shit. so excited about that. Um, I did not know that. That's kind of crazy that it's coming to an end. I feel like it was only yesterday when I first started watching it and here we are. Pretty wild. So excited to see what happens um, to the birds. Um, and excited to keep watching Moon Knight. I guess I would recommend it, even though I haven't finished it yet, just because I hear <laughs> that it's been really good these past few episodes. Yeah. Um, and then a couple more things. One, A24, for all my A24 fans out there, they just released like an all-access, like pass membership thing. I saw um, that. Gives you like exclusive deals and it seems like some pretty cool perks it's not like super expensive or anything i think it's like five bucks a month or even less if you do a year or something i don't know seems pretty cool Get some um, merch. yes i already got it nice. but nice um last but not least mark your calendars everyone april 14th 2023 <laughs> um, a movie called renfield and that will have nicholas cage starring as dracula there yeah i've been seeing those set pics they're wild the pictures are hilarious he's just pasty white and it's awesome you know what's gonna be fun about that too is that it's about like dracula's henchman is there too and the person that plays his henchman i think is ben schwartz so i think that's just fun <gasps> yes, energy yes. from the two of them so mark your calendars I think that has a lot of potential brian will be back next year to discuss renfield <laughs> I love it. Um, Jackson, what about you, buddy? Uh, yeah, I was just going to say check out Pig on Hulu. Uh, check out Rent. Or sorry, I was going to say check out uh, Face <laughs> check Off. Check out Rent, everyone. You have to rent it, which is why I said that. Oh, um, uh, yeah, you have to rent Face Off. It was $1.99. Uh, worth it? So it is totally worth it. Uh, nice. Very cheap, which is insane. Uh, and then also, yeah, just check out Moon Knight because I think we're doing our episode on that next week. You bet we are. Um, That's also my only suggestion. I'll just echo the praises of check out some Nick Cage stuff. Check out the movies we talked about because they're a lot of fun. Um, Yeah, check out final episode of Moon Knight on Wednesday because we'll be back on Friday to give our little 
a little breakdown of what mm-hmm. we what we were vibing with, what we weren't, all that jazz. But uh, yeah, and with that, the Nick Cage experience is over. We've exited the cage, and man, what a time it was in there. Um, we'd like to thank, as always, Brian Dickinson for being not only a great guest but an avid uh, follower and a friend of the pod who uplifts us. and And we love you. Thank you for coming on, sir. I love you guys too. Thank you very much for having me on once again. And I look forward to listening to some content you guys keep pumping out. It's always been good. You Aww, betcha. Thank you. We, we love, love you. We have we've got some it's all for you. We've got some, yeah, it's all it's all for you. It's for you, the <laughs> listeners. Um and Jackson. Also, Jackson, think? still waiting for you to be on the AMC A list and be one of my friends, but that's cool. I'll <laughs> wait. Well, I am just the worst. Very tough. Um <laughs> Wonderful. Jackson, recover from that sick burn and tell us where you can follow us on Instagram. <laughs> uh, they can follow us on Instagram at roughcut underscore pod. Outstanding. Uh, we've got some exciting, Jackson and I have been talking some exciting stuff. So to be on the lookout for, for that in the future. And, uh, and yeah, as always, thanks for listening. We love you very much. Be safe. Be good. Bye. Goodbye. Bye everyone. I'm Nick.